What's up, everybody? This is Prince Daniels Jr. And if you want to make a difference in the world, make sure that you listen to the best podcast in the world, Make a Difference with Brian St. Louis. Hope you enjoyed the show. The choice to spread love in a world full of pain. The generation willing to be a light in darkness. The selfless desire to serve humanity. The purpose fueled with passion to make a difference. This is Madcasters, the ultimate guide you need to impact the world. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here to connect you to impact leaders across the globe who strive to make a difference in their communities and the world. As you listen to these gripping stories and endeavors from inspirational people and organizations, you will gain the confidence to implement strategies to make a difference not only in your personal life, but to impact humanity around you. Please subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram. Support through Patreon. Together, let's make a difference and change the world. us today we have prince daniel jr and he's a former pro athlete and now mindfulness expert he's written the book he's an author of the book mindfulness for the ultimate athlete mastering the balance between power and peace he has his own podcast game beyond the game and also the prince daniels show so i'm really excited to have him with us today and he's going to outline some different things also with what he has uh, throughout his social medias and, and all the platform that he's doing. But once again, man, Prince Daniel, thank you for so much for coming on to the Madcasters podcast, where we aim to build leaders passionate to make a difference in their lives and their communities. Oh, man, thank you for having me on here. I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Appreciate you, brother. Let me let me say this, man. Because yeah. one of the things that we want to do, we want we like to understand the mindset behind an individual. And I was looking up some stats about the NFL, and we talk about the fact that 1.5 of high school players make it to the NCAA. And out of that number, only 0.2% of those individuals get drafted to go into the pros. And so that number is typically about one out of every 520 high school players will eventually go pro, but you've made it pro. Uh, And that's not an easy feat, man. So can you kind of paint us a picture of who you were even before you went pro? Like, what was your life like? Who were, who was Prince Daniel? Nice, man. That's a really good question. Um, I like how you framed it, set it up. Uh, So me, it was, I was a a really happy child. Mm -hmm. I came into this world just happy, just, you know, Filled with love, filled with joy, and I had the supporting cast, my family, my mothers, my siblings, mm-hmm. uh, not my mothers, my mother and my siblings, and I um, had a lot of strong men in my life. So I had four uncles, uh, my father, my stepfather, uh, and it was just always a community of just making sure that we foster love, support, uh, and and, and family, you know, family first, and just being there for, for one another. So, so growing up for me, uh, I was a bit, I was I was always a bit different, and it, it I didn't realize that until I became older. But it had something to do with my father being from Africa, you know, um, just um, just having the best of both worlds, being able to to function as if life. I was in. I was enjoying life and not going through life, you know, uh, um, hampered by fear. Um, especially, you know, growing up in Mississippi, uh, 
and then from Mississippi to Louisiana, then from Louisiana to Texas, Houston, Texas. And man, I've always wanted to, I mean, I just enjoy competing with other people mm-hmm. and enjoy just my family, how my cousins, my older cousins always rough me up, you know, <laughs> knock me out and um, and tell me, you know, it's all right, you're going to be good. There you go. <laughs> Anybody that's trying to. Anybody that try to mess with you, man, when they hit you, you're gonna be like, "That's all you got." That's a fact, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, so um, my family definitely made me uh, made me tough. You know, mm-hmm. they were always there. And uh, then as I grew older, I was always tough. But when I met my dad, I'm, when I went to go live with my dad, uh, became a, a young teen. That's mm-hmm. when the discipline came, the tough love came. Mm-hmm. And, being able to understand about how to be a man in order for you to be a man, you have to see a man. So my dad was that man. He was a provider. He was a hard worker, but he was really, really smart. He knew how to speak mm-hmm. seven languages. And wow. uh, yeah, and so um, he had his own business. Uh, he, he would always tell a story that he came to America with $32 in his pocket. And, wow. and yeah, so it's something that, you know, those proud stories, those proud, proud immigrant stories, <laughs> Yeah, we all hear those, man. We always, you know, right? You know, and my dad, his numbers go from like 32 to 33. You know, somewhere, <laughs> either or, it don't matter. A dollar more, a dollar less, daddy. That's okay. So, uh, you know, for me, it was just my environment. Being being blessed with the with the right environment that fostered the young man, the, the, uh, the young prince that I was. And... And and now that I'm older, I am uh, that that same prince, but uh, really refined. And the mindset is more so like nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. And so that's always stayed with me. And I've learned how to manifest that, Mm. that same into nothing is impossible. You know, the impossible is only for those that are not able to see. Mm. And, and, uh, I've been very, very, a lot of my steps have been ordered. A lot of my, my life is in divine, um, order. Uh, and, and I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the, the actually I'm enjoying the flight and the fantastic mm. voyage because, uh um, I have wings, and I know that I have wings, and I know that I can fly. And just very grateful, very um, humble, and honored, and 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 also I'm confident that um, this is my purpose, this is my path, and I'm making it popular, and uh, I'm doing what I need to do to make a difference. So um, okay. this is how, who I who, I'm, who who I've always been. So I can't really explain to you like that there are certain series of events that transpired. Help me transform into who I am today. But one of the things I will say to you is that I, the way that I came into this world and had this thought process has always been this: as always, you can do more. You can, like, you can accomplish so much more. But we barely use a, a, a percentage of our mind. Um, we barely understand our strength. We barely understand our connection with our spirituality, and. You know, that's when I started diving more into wanting to understand these things, these these principles of life. And once I started doing that, then I started really understanding. Okay, this is why we're here, and this is what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, and now I, I help other people do that. That's awesome, man. Well, quick question: Where's your father from? Which he's part? from uh, 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 he's from Ghana, Africa. Ghana. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got Africa. it. From- I got a few people who I know from Ghana here where I'm at in Calgary. So, it's, yeah, I, I kind of, hey, yeah, tell, it's pretty legit. Tell man. them, tell them, I just say, they even say, what? Or they say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, me, man. Can, can, you, can you show us, like, and, and explain to us what it meant to actually make it to the NFL, to, to be a pro athlete? And and kind of your journey in that sphere as well. Yeah. So what was my journey to be a pro athlete? The journey was always staying focused on the goal. Yeah. Um, and it's a long, long journey, right? So mm-hmm. uh so that means every single decision that you make 
has to be geared towards is it going to help you get close to your goal That's or is it going to take you away from your goal? You know, that was a, that was always the journey. Uh, what decision are you going to make to help you get close to your goal? And so whenever you come up with that idea, that concept, mm-hmm. and you know it, like you continue to keep moving forward. Like continue. And what I mean by that is like have faith that it's going to happen. Just understand that if you want to become a, become a professional athlete, you have to believe that on the other end, that same the the being wanting to be a professional athlete on the other the on the other end, there's something that's magnetizing you to uh, want you to be in the NFL. So I felt that the NFL wanted me to be there, mm. and I wanted to be in the NFL. So all it took was an attraction to make it happen, and and uh, in order for me to do my part. Uh, I had to stay focused on what I was doing right. because it was it was going to happen on the other side in the same way we use God in the same concept. Um, and we ask God, you know, for something and you got to continue to do your part and know that it's going to come. So, mm. you know, God is, God is on the other end doing his part. There's stuff that you can't control and you're doing all the things that you can't control. Mm. So they meet in the middle. And so, uh, that was that was always the mindset, always the mindset, always doing the necessary things that you need to do to get to where you need to get to, and it will happen. And so for me, it was very simple. Made my mind up, I made my heart up, and I I, I moved forward with insurmountable faith. And just you can feel it, you, you can feel it. Like you just know when you made up your mind yeah. and your heart, and it's time to go in that direction, and nothing is going to stop you. And uh, that was a feeling that I had when I got drafted. Uh, you know, highly recruited in high school, didn't do well mm-hmm. on a standardized test. I, when signing day came, I didn't sign with any any uh, schools that offered me scholarships. I had some big names and some also some Ivy League schools as well that recruited me, mm-hmm. but I didn't get. I didn't get. I didn't have a scholarship on the signing day. After that, um, I actually walked on to Georgia Tech. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, earned a scholarship. Yeah, earned a scholarship was number seventh on the depth chart at running back, and then from there, um, um, I moved my way up, became a starter, broke some NCAA records in the yeah, rushing history that. of Georgia Tech. In the rushing history of Georgia Tech, then I got drafted to the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens, and um, it was it was. A surreal moment. Yeah, was, you know, and it was something that uh, it was something that I didn't really envision as a child. Mm. I just because it was just like I knew I was gonna make it to the NFL, but you know, not. I mean, just getting drafted was something completely different. It was a different feeling. I was just like, I, yeah. I didn't. I was like, I didn't visualize this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I did enjoy the moment. Got drafted from there. It was they. They called me, and my my name and my picture came across the screen on Man. TV, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> I want to phone with them, and now on TV, they're just like, "Yeah, we're choosing you for our next pick, the Baltimore Ravens." Wow. I did a thirty second pick, PJ Daniels, and just come up on there. Then Mel copy came up, and he was just like, "This guy right here, he's a jewel." You know, Baltimore's getting the jewel. Wow. He's a he's a hard runner. He is, you know, he simplified that. You know, and I think he has a lot more potential to grow. And so mm. when I saw that, I was just like, you know, <laughs> I almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but oh, um, it was it was a really really amazing experience um, for them to one call your name, and then to uh, get drafted after your 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 beginning um, to the you know, or your your road to the NFL was um, a walk on at Georgia Tech. Mm. So now go from walk on to I go from superstar status in high school to walk on and get drafted. Drafted. So, yeah. And so, so you, so you were around Ray Lewis as well in those times. Around Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, Samari Rowe, Chris McAllister, Adanius Thomas, the uh, one um, Landry, Ed Reed, Todd Heat, uh, Steve McNair, Jonathan mm. Ogden. I mean, the yeah, list goes man. on. Jamal Lewis, 
Willis McGahee, Mike Anderson, Musa Smith, Justin Green, Ovi Muhaley, Corey Ross. Man, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Lucas Nanta, Kelly Gregg. Go ahead. Okay. What what was no? It's good, man. It's like you have so many major names around you. I mean, what what was it yeah. like to be in that moment? What was it like to to take from these individuals, to learn from them, to to grow with them? Um, oh yeah, Mark Clayton, Derek Mason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was it like, man? It was it was amazing. Mm. It was amazing to be around. Um, a team like this, Terrell Suggs, uh, because Terrell Suggs was there too. I, what I, when when you're around individuals like that, you, you can either stay in your lane, mm. or or uh, you can drive fast, mm. <laughs> fast as <laughs> you walk, and. Um, but know how to stay in your lane and switch over lane, switch over mm-hmm. to other lane. And so for me, I drove fast when mm-hmm. I switched over to the other lane, meaning they were my teachers mm-hmm. and I was a student. And I, once I became a student of the game, I started understanding the game in the same way that they understood the game at a very high level. Right. And it was always me wanting to improve myself. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I saw that to fit my opportunity was imagine, like, well, it's something that I didn't really have to imagine. Mm-hmm. It was something that was, that was happening. But mm-hmm. I'm going against the number. I'm going against the number one offense in the NFL. So every day, if I come out here after, to practice, and I practice against them, as if I am the number one running back in the NFL. Then I'm going to be the number one running back in the NFL, Mm. hands down. And so when I realized that I could do that, then I started doing that. Mm. And and when I started playing at a higher level, then you get the teammates and yeah, yeah, the defense, the offense, they start talking to you mm-hmm. about some of the things that you can do. Because when you already have raw talent, they they identify that. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of give you a couple of hints here and there. Like, hey, if you do this, you can do this. If you do that, you can do this. Right. So you start putting it together and start realizing, like, wow, I I, I got it. I got mm-hmm. it. And, and uh, you start building the confidence in yourself. and. When you have it, you do it every day, and you you do it over. You're consistent with it, and so that's what I learned from playing with those individuals, man. They earned their respect. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to do something at a very high level, consistently. Yeah, and 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 realize the opportunity that you have to be able to be, become something incredible and amazing. That's amazing, man. I love that. That's real. What 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 happened? What happened next in your life? From from yeah, from that point of of being drafted, of learning from these individuals at a high level, what what happened next? Um, a couple of injuries happened next. Mm. Uh, so I just fast forward to my, I, I got injured my, my my rookie year. I didn't think I was ready to play. I was still kind of like developing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but once I turned it on in my mind that I was going to be the number one running back in the NFL. That's when uh, things started changing. Yeah, and, um, everyone started to believe that as well as myself. Well, I started believing it first, and then everyone else started to believe. It's true. And and from from there, uh, injuries, injury. I, I would get injured right before the season began. So mm. my first year, didn't think I was ready to play, but I was still on the roster, so they put me on. Uh, I mean, so yeah. So then the next year, I got put on IR, hurt my hamstring before the season. Then the next year, I tore my label right before the season. And uh, so it just looks, yeah, it just looks like I was injury prone on paper. But it was just, it wasn't career ending injuries. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't know the process. I was still mm-hmm. really new to it. And I didn't know what was 
really didn't know what was going on. And plus, I didn't I was unable to manage my emotions in a way that uh, if I would have had a mentor uh, mm. uh, that I could work with closely, they would help me manage my be able to manage my emotions. But I didn't have that, and uh, that's something that uh, I wish I could have had. Mm. And so since I, I I did not have that, I take it upon myself to mentor other guys and 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 make sure that I give back because the knowledge and experience that I have uh, will allow for you to get out of your own way and unlock your peak performance. Um, and that goes for elite athletes or high achievers. And so, uh, so yeah, what happened after that? I got injured, and then after I got injured. Um, I went and did my went and did went went and did surgery, did my rehab, did nothing my rehab, but just um, uh, went to go and heal myself. Went back to Baltimore, and they said that they was going to release me, and and they're not going to tenure me for another year. So um, from there, I didn't know what to do. It kind of worked out a little bit, not really. Got another workout uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I wasn't out of shape, but I wasn't in shape. <laughs> and so, all right. So I didn't do, uh, uh, it was an average workout. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't, I didn't take the opportunity as like, this could be my last workout. I yeah. took it as like, okay, I'm gonna get another workout, but you know, it was my last workout. And so after my last workout, that's when I started working really hard. And by that time it was too late. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, um, really, I uh, had a self-identity crisis. You know, I was really lost, not really understanding what's next and what to do. Like, in my football career over? If it's not, then what should I do? Should I sit and wait? Like, how do I sit and wait when no money is coming in? Like, you know, so it was a lot of mixed emotions, a lot of misunderstanding, not knowing who to call, not knowing who to ask for help. Just kind of going and, and falling by the wayside, falling through the cracks. And um, for a whole year, nobody called me. So once nobody called me, you know, just like, wow, all right. So I guess I'm not good enough, you know. So I'm like, what next? Mm. And um, depression then, you know, led to a lot of other things as well. And um, yeah. So after all of that, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to a monastery. And spend time at a monastery. Uh, yeah, live at a monastery with monks and uh, do some self rehabilitation. Mm. And so that helped. I was very fortunate because uh, my life could have uh, spiraled into other things or fatal things, mm. and uh, was able to avoid that through the practice of meditation. And so uh, I make a difference. With yeah. using, you know, with sharing uh, with people about the practice of meditation and uh, uh, what it can do for you, mm-hmm. um, and I speak it from experience, strictly from experience. So, yeah. I, I I really respect you, Prince. Man, as I'm listening to this this whole uh, your story and your experience, one of the things that that came out from this uh because one of the things i actually really paid attention to you know i went through your your profile and i you know i was looking through all your pictures and one of the things that really took my attention was the fact that you had a very big smile and what i mean by that is you seem genuinely happy and like joyful in all your experiences and to go to have been drafted from the nfl by the NFL now, you know, playing at a, at a stage so large, having gone through that, that experience of now, you know, not having that, that, uh, that call to get back onto a team, but still being able to have the joy that you have right now. That's, that's not something that is easy to receive. It's not something that's easy for an individual to just find in themselves. And so I, I must say, man, I respect the fact that you're able to find your joy you find your peace, you find your happiness throughout this whole experience. And then what also takes me is now you've gone through something 
that has personally hurt you, that has gone through a deep depressive moment. And so now you, and the words that you used there was I've been through it without having that mentor. And so I want to make sure that I can mentor others to make sure they don't go through what I go through too, or what I've went through too. And I love that, man, because to me, for someone to go through pain and realize that I don't want other people to go through that same pain that I've gone through. So let me help people. Let me make a difference in their lives. That to me is one of the, one of the greatest uh, acts of service that we can ever do. And, and I feel like so many people miss this in this, in this way. Uh, but, but you're, you're taking that in and now you're making a difference in the lives of so many people. Can you walk us through uh, this whole aspect now of, of having moved from, you know, former or, or from NFL player to now this mindfulness expert. And, and one of the things that I actually, I'm actually, I enjoyed reading when you wrote about your mission, you said you help high achievers and athletes access their unknown power and potential. So, so can you tell us what does that look like? And, and what is it that people, you want other people to understand through the mission that you've stated there? And I'm also going to pinpoint because I found it very interesting that you mentioned high achievers specifically. And so I, I kind of want to understand the, the mindset there of, of pinpointing that type of accolade, what it is to be a mindfulness expert. You know, how do you want to make a difference in or how have you been making a difference in that realm? What is it like to be a mindfulness expert? I don't doubt myself as a mindfulness expert. Yes. Mm. I, I doubt myself as a thought leader. Mm. But in order for people to you know, connect with you or uh, or understand you, then mm-hmm. you know, they give you a title. Right? Yeah. And you have all these thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where these thoughts come from. Sometimes so, some of these thoughts are brought on by you, they're brought on by the impact of your environment, they're brought on some of the, with, with a lot of your experiences that you go through in life. That's a fact. And when it comes to your thoughts, you want to be able to lead your thoughts and not let your thoughts lead you. Mm. That's real. Which allows me to call myself a thought leader. Mm-hmm. I'm leading my thoughts. Which makes sense, and I'm speaking power into truth. Yeah. And the 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 speech of power into truth just comes from my experience. So, to be a mindfulness expert, it's just to be aware. Mm-hmm. I've just raised my level of awareness to another level beyond that. What the average person is is mindful of. Mm-hmm. If I have to give you an example, it's like understanding that you need to drink water first thing in the morning time and the last thing at night. And it's probably like, you know, somebody would probably say, man, I'll, you know, I, I would always do that. I would do that automatically. Mm. But you're doing it unconsciously and not knowing why you're doing it, but you're doing it. And being like a mindfulness expert is to say, I drink water in the morning, I drink it at night, and I do it with the level of awareness, understanding that I'm mindful as I drink this water, it hydrates me, it helps regulate my 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 digestive system. Uh, it's something that I need in the morning time, and when I drink my water, I'm always being thankful with every drink and every gulp because I realize the energy that I resonate is the type of energy that the water will take mm-hmm. on. So if I'm saying thank you for this water that I'm drinking, I'm super grateful. I'm love. I'm appreciative. I love myself. I appreciate myself. Uh, uh, I am basically sending these positive vibes to my water. And what that allows for my water to do is to heal me. Mm-hmm. And these are... Um, and, and it heals me on a cellular level because when we think about water, we think about biology and the periodic table, yep. you know, the hydrogens in the bonds and um, H2O, right? And so uh, 
just being mindful of the the macro things in this world and being mindful of the the, the micro thing mm-hmm. and how they are all connected. And mindfulness is just a whole mind, just being mindful of everything that you do and that you get involved in. Uh, that's what I had to learn how to do when it came to my divorce from the uh, professional realm. Mm-hmm. I had to become mindful of my emotions that were tied into the game, which was creating the depression right. within me because something that happened in the past that I focused on created a depression. I wasn't able to do some of the things that I wanted to do that I, that I had my heart and my intention set on. And since it didn't happen, I worried about it so much I became depressed. Mm. And and I had to become mindful of my emotions and remove my emotions from the area that created the depression. And once I was able to do that and start starting to started to have more emotional intelligence, then I was able to uplift myself and yep. uproot myself out of the darkness and discover that light that was within. So uh that's the that's the mindset of a mindfulness expert. Mm-hmm. So I had to put it in words. Uh, but for me, the thought leader, just being able to organize your thoughts, being able to articulate yourself, being able to connect with your infinite intelligence mm-hmm. that everyone has access to, but it takes work to get up there. It's like it's like going up, you know, a flight of stairs. Uh, um, or going up, you know, a hundred thousand flight of stairs. The higher you go, the higher the level um, that you reach and you connect with. Um, but if you decide to stop at a certain level, that's just you, mm. right? And and but if you want to go higher, you continue. You continue with the process, and that's going higher, climbing another step, another staircase. So when I speak to people, you know, they 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 feel me. They feel my spirit. And when I'm talking to them, they they can see that I'm mentoring mm-hmm. and my body, my, my body language speaks in, in the manner, of, you know, I do confidence, uh, respect and uh, uh, just joy. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when those combinations are uh, in people's presence, then they get a they get a they get a chance to feel that as well. So within themselves. And um, that's the mindset of of a thought leader or mindfulness expert. So now as a thought leader, you're, you're helping many others finding their path, right? You're helping people to understand their, their mission and you're making a difference in that realm. And so well, what, what has that been like for you to help these individuals finding their paths? Uh, you know, what, what, and what exactly do you, do you show them? What, what steps do they take? What, what are what are the principles that they're learning as they're as they're having these conversations with you as they're going to some of your programs or some of your or your seminars, whatever the case may be? It's fulfilling for me. Mm. I get an opportunity to to see the the transformation, the breakthrough within yeah. them, and it it's like they connect with the light inside of them, and they finally turn it on, like they've been in a dark room. Mm. Oh, there's a light switch. Click. They turn it on. It's just like, wow. I didn't know that all this was possible. Like I thought about it. I read about it. I heard people talk about it. But mm-hmm. you actually, like, you actually know. Thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you. I thought this was just in movies. Mm. Like, you, like, you actually see it. So, and what I help them do is just see the intangible. I've been trained uh, to be able to see the intangible mm-hmm. when everyone else has... We, we, we are all conditioned to see the tangible, uh, but we don't, some people lack the level of awareness, yeah. you know, when it comes to seeing the tangible, the tangible, but we lack the awareness of seeing the intangible. And uh, I've been able to experience or practice the exercise of seeing the intangible. So for me, it's just normal, but to others, it's not. So I go through I have a six-week course, six-week master class. And I basically teach people how to be ready when their opportunity arises of reaching their peak performance. 
Mm. You know, I, I help people stay ready so they don't have to get ready. I like that. Yeah. I, I make sure I don't make sure that they could connect with their internal self mm-hmm. so they can see that they, their connection within this world and mm. they can and through that they do that it's their spirit that has a burning desire to do something and then that burning desire turns to a passion mm-hmm. and then that passion turns to a purpose yeah. and then your purpose once you start living your purpose you make your purpose popular that's real. So, yeah. And so you wrote the book, The Mindfulness for the Ultimate Athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. can, can you explain to us some of the major principles that you found that that you found are are needed for them to be an ultimate athlete? Yeah, yeah most definitely. So, um, mindfulness for the ultimate athlete. Uh, one thing I would like to let everybody know, every single listener out there, like we're all athletes in this game of life. Mm. We all have to jump through hoops. We all have to jump over hurdles. We all have goals that we're trying to reach and that Mm -hmm. we're trying to set and, you know, trying to score this basket or score that. And so, um, you know, take the notion out of, take the notion in a way that you are not an athlete. You know, Mm -hmm. you get outside and you brisk walk, you are athletic. You have just performed (laughs) some type of athletic spirit. (laughs) And um, if you walked upstairs, uh, you are athletic. <laughs> so whether you walk up the stairs or you run up the stairs. So those are the things that you keep in mind when it comes to um, when, it, when it comes to being uh, like connected with this athletic mindset. It's mm-hmm. a mindset. So I wrote in my book, some of the major principles are uh, uh, mastering the balance between your power and peace. Mm-hmm. Understand understanding the difference between power and peace, and know that when you find your peace, you find your true power. Uh, understanding drinking water is very essential essential to your livelihood. Understanding about your breath and being able to breathe, going through breath exercises, learning how to control your emotions, mm-hmm. and uh, learning how to control your breath. So you can control your emotions, understanding the power of your mind and the things that you're capable of doing. And the main thing is understanding your connection with the universe and how the practice of mindfulness and meditation will free you from any type of debilitating mindset that you ever had. Hmm. You talk a lot about this concept of controlling emotions because you, you've, you've once again, you've experienced that from from your past. And, and that seems like to be a very central point in your book as well. How important is it for people to really understand the importance of a controlling our emotions through our everyday life or through experiences that we're dealing with? Like, how serious is it for us to need to do this? Let's look at your emotions as fire. Hmm. If you light a, fly, a, a fire, you, you start a fire. The fire is such a beautiful thing when it can keep you warm, when it can provide heat for you, especially when it's in, when the environment is cold. Mm. But a fire that's around and the environment is hot and you decide you want to add gasoline to it, Mm. It, can, it can get out of control so your emotions is the driving force it is the driving force that makes your ideas your thoughts become a reality and a lot of times our thoughts are governed by negativity mm. and so when you're when you have a negative mindset and you have all of these emotions behind it which is emotions Energy and motion, E motion, E energy and motion. That's emotions. And so when you understand emotions are the driving force to making your thoughts and your ideas become a reality, and you start realizing that a lot of the things that you say, a lot of the music that you listen to becomes you because you listen to it over and over again 
And then eventually, you know, first you're singing the song, then once you learn the lyrics, then you sing the song like and then all of a sudden now you acting it out. You become you became an actor. And then it becomes your character. And then and then you try to try to play the movie role. This is who I am. This is who I am. And eventually you become that. And so it's very important to be mindful of what you want to put your emotions into. Mm. And once you find something that is noble, honorable, something that's righteous and keep you on the path to do the things that you need to do, Mm -hmm. how you make an impact in the world, how you make a difference. Um, Every pun intended. I'm talking about your podcast. (laughs) Um, you become extremely mindful of how you're going to do that. Yeah. And once you have the right mindset, then you use those emotions to fuel everything, like adding gasoline to my thoughts. My thought was already the fire that was that was brewing, so keeping everybody warm, keeping mm-hmm. the heat around. And then when you add that gasoline, you gotta be ready to use that energy, use that fire, use that, use that 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 motion. To, to take action mm-hmm. uh, um, because whether your thoughts are, are positive or negative the emotion doesn't care it's just the driving force to make things happen and, and in order for somebody it takes the same energy and the same emotions to help somebody than to kill somebody right mm. you're going you want to go in you know um, people get really angry they, they don't they don't have any control of their emotions and when they mm-hmm. have negative stuff on their mind, they, you know, all you can think about is revenge and hurting somebody. When in reality, they really don't want to hurt anybody. It just hurts. They're hurting. So when you don't have control of your emotions, you want to do the exact same thing. You want people to feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. I, want, I don't want you to feel this. And so you're going to retaliate. You're going to hurt somebody. You're going to kill somebody. Um, so if you can use that same energy and going up, using that energy to level up, as I mentioned before, on the staircase, walking up the stairs, go to another level to be able to see things from a different point of view, have a different vantage point. Um, then you'll be able to realize, like, oh, okay, that's the reason why I was mad. All right, I really shouldn't even be that mad. I don't even have to be that mad. You actually get a chance to see yourself from a distance, as opposed to, you know, you being down there and you're in it, you're acting in it, and Got the emotions driving you, and you're ready to react to this and react to that. And when you actually don't even have to react to all of it, you just sit mm. and be neutral. I'm like, mm. okay, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. My goal is over there. I'm going to continue to move forward to my goal because this right here and this right here that's is going to hold it. me back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's real. That's right. I, I feel like you really, you you've really taken on this this role as an individual to 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 move into this this thought leader for for your people, for your community, and for all those who reach out to you. Um, I I feel like this is something that's that's truly you, you've embodied, you've taken in, and you're able to to change so many lives. Um, I, I guess my question is to you. Do you you think you would be the same person you are today if those experiences didn't happen uh, throughout throughout your 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 leave from the NFL? I do. And the reason why is because it's a scenario that played out. Mm. But I always have the same energy. You did talk about that in the beginning. That's true. So. If it was a different scenario. I'm still having impact because I'm still the same person mm-hmm. on the inside. Maybe I would have a lot more struggle with my ego because of that is what is birth in that arena, being a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Your ego is your protector when you're in that environment. Somebody that heckles you, like, hey, man, you sorry, you this and this and that. Hey, shut up. Right, <laughs> and uh, you know, or they can be like, "Man, your mom this or that," 
you know, get underneath your skin. And so mm. the way that you retaliate is by going out and playing. And you're playing to your best ability. Uh, so you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. And and you have a good game. And when you have a good game, no one can say anything to you because you perform. Right. And so um, when that happens, your ego is fed. Mm. Because now you just prove the naysayers wrong. And so stepping over into the, this other side of le- learning how to let your ego go for me would have been a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it would not have been as much of a struggle because I was already visiting the monastery and learning the ways of the, the monks. Mm-hmm. So uh, or learning the ways of a monastic lifestyle. And, um, but nothing will have changed. I'll still be the same person, uh, making an impact in the way that I'm doing because I've always wanted to do this. And, right. uh, I'm not doing anything, anything different at all. So that's awesome, man. I, yeah. I, I want to touch on one more element that you talk about. And I think we're, we might end with this, but I, it's, it's very interesting because you have this, uh, these five essential lessons that you give. Um, that are that are free, mind you. We can find on your link tree, and yeah. and I recommend a lot of people to check it out because I, I email, I threw in my email as well, and it's and it's very very powerful. Um, but one of the things I'm not going to go through all five of them because I I would like for people to go in themselves and check it out. Uh, but one mm-hmm. of the things that you talked about is to build internal wealth. What does that mean? Can you walk us through what that means to build internal wealth and how does that how does that matter when it comes to us making a difference in our world? Yeah, man. That's such a beautiful, beautiful question. Uh, you're asking all the really good questions, man. That's, that's awesome. I love this. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so building internal wealth. As I mentioned before, in order for you to be something, uh, you have to see it. Mm. You have to, you have to speak it into existence. And people that wish for good fortune do not get it, or they may get it. It's like a 50, 50, 50% chance of you getting it because you're wishing for it. Like, I just wish and I hope. All right. So if you're wishing and hoping for, for wealth, when you get the wealth, you're going to wish and hope that you don't lose the money or you lose the wealth. There's a 50% chance that you may lose it as well. <laughs> so you're just kind of leaving everything up for chance. Mm. And when you build internal wealth, when you build the wealth inside of you, when you start understanding your value, when you start understanding who you are as a person, when mm. you start understanding how you're able to connect the dots, when you start understanding that your knowledge that you possess and your application that 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 you apply and the experience that you go through and the what and the wisdom that you have yep. um, that's all valuable that's all valuable mm. you know and it's and and when you understand that then you understand you have to build your internal wealth so in order for you to be wealthy and to and 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 to receive uh, abundance you have to create the space for that. Mm. You have to create the space of abundance. You can't say that you want abundance, but you're a hoarder. Why? Because like, like, <laughs> are, are you, all you're going to do is pile, when, when you receive more stuff, you're going to pile it on top of the other stuff. Exactly. Like, exactly. like, you can't say that you want more clothes, but after every year cycle, you still got your old winter clothes from mm. 2009, right? <laughs> you're, 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 you see, so you're not creating space right. for you to receive the things that you want. And so mm. if you're not building your internal wealth, how are you going to receive the wealth that you want? If mm. you're not sitting down, practicing mindfulness, sitting down, practicing meditation, sitting down, practicing prayer or praying, because that helps put you in alignment with what you are asking for and what you want to receive. Look, you'll get it, but if you're not ready to receive it, then it, you, as soon as you get it, it'll leave just that fast. Right. 
And and so that's the first step to being able to see these things. You got to see yourself with the money. You got to see yourself what it looks like when you are wealthy and when you are in a different financial situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and once you really close your eyes and visualize it and see it, then that's when your emotions come through, right? Because again, emotions are driving force. That's a driving force. Again, when you use your thoughts and your ideas, uh, those same thoughts and ideas are present and available when you are alive, or should I say you are awake, mm. right? When you're walking, when you're talking. But when you're asleep, those thoughts and those ideas are still alive. The only difference is you're unconscious. You're not able to control those thoughts. And so when your emotions come behind it, as in like, oh, shoot, there go Freddy Krueger right there. I got to <laughs> run. And you start trying to run, and as you're running, the floor is getting sticky. And you're like, I can't get away from what's going on. As in real life, if the floor gets sticky, you're like, take these shoes off. Okay, I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so um, when you start to become mindful of your ideas, when you start to become mindful of your thoughts, mm-hmm. then you start allowing yourself to stay focused on your goal. Don't let anything distract you from what you're doing. And you do all the necessary things that you need to do to stay in your, your path, in your lane. And, and uh, you practice your mindfulness, you practice your prayers, uh, your meditation, and you be consistent with it. Yeah. And everything that you want will come in abundance. You just have to continue to keep asking. And so shall you receive and be authentic and sincere in that process. And uh, that's how you build internal wealth. That is exactly how you build it. And then once once that happens, then uh, in a, from an energetic standpoint, if you are resonating that energy inside of you, sending that energy up from an energetic standpoint, and what happens is it just takes a minute for it to physically uh, crystallize itself, manifest itself in this, mm-hmm. in this realm. And when it comes down, as long as you have that energy that's equal to what you pray for, and it comes down, then it, it, it's yours. It's deserving. It comes to you. So you created the internal wealth. So now that you created the internal wealth, now the universe is creating everything else around you so you can receive it. Once you receive it, you've already received, you've already done the, the process by building the internal wealth within you. Mm-hmm. So now when the physical comes, you just operate as if you've already had it. Interesting. I like that. I like that whole concept, that, that methodology about which you're you're building your internal wealth. And yeah, it's deep, man. It's not it's not something that that comes without uh, an understanding of who you are and, and where you actually want to see yourself in, in the future. You, and you're right, man. When it comes to that concept of of envisioning, seeing yourself, seeing the things that you want to grasp onto, seeing how you want to impact the life, seeing how you want to serve. Those are those are huge catalysts in order for us to actually move into our purpose as you've, as you've um, outlined for us. I guess my last question for you, Prince today, as we're, as we're wrapping up, how do you want to be remembered when it comes to impacting our world, when it comes to impacting our, our society, how, how is it that you would like to be known as when it says Prince Daniels Jr. was or is? A gift. I like that. Because I was present. Mm. I like that. That's real, man. That's real. Thank you so much, Prince. I, I really appreciate you spending this time with us and uh, just being able to understand your mind, understanding your journey and seeing the impact that you're making on many others and giving us uh, these tips and practical elements that we can take as well to impact the world. And once again, it's, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. And I'm definitely looking forward to continuous um, uh, relations and, and building up where how we can continue to make a difference in our world. Because one of the goals is to, is to continue to build world changers through this podcast. And so, you know, I may be calling you at some time, man, for, for us to, to build a master class or something of the sort. And you can speak to our people, man, because I believe that you have 
the mind to, to help shape many, many, especially our young people in this world, man. So thank you so much for coming <laughs> on to Madcasters with the Prince Daniels. Appreciate you, man. Man, thank you so much. And uh, my last thing I want to say, yeah. uh, uh, be you. Mm. And be you by spending time with you. Spend time with yourself. Practice meditation. Mm-hmm. Even though it sounds crazy, practice it. Uh, even, even though you probably have a negative connotation towards it because of your religion, still, it, it 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 doesn't go against anything in your life for you to close your eyes and sit down and be conscious of what you're thinking about. Mm. And when you do that, after you come out of your practice, just be thankful that you're able to do it. Yeah. Because people go through life, the only time they close their eyes is whenever they go to sleep, sleep or whenever sleep. they die. Mm. You know, so uh, go to sleep or be conscious mm. and start really figuring out like what you're made of and be proud of be proud of who you are be proud of who you are just and and because you're able to accept things from a non-judgmental standpoint when your eyes close Mm. Your judgment is, is based upon like what you hear now, and what you smell, what you, what you feel, right, and what you feel, That's not not thing. what you can see, because what you see sometimes is an illusion. Mm. So practice that and get into this cryptocurrency. <laughs> uh, uh, I know that's just like out of the out of the blue, but. <laughs> That's real though, man. I don't play with that, man. <laughs> uh, man, get into it because it's allowing for you to become your own bank. Mm. When you think about it, we're so comfortable with someone else watching our money. Yep. And yet, whenever we ask for our money back, and if it's in a in a large amount, they they, they tell you you gotta wait. You gotta wait for your own money. So, get into this space. Because it is moving at such a fast pace. It is. Don't be the one that's like, man, you know, somebody told me that, told me about that, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm here and I'm trying to play catch up. Right. Uh, get get into the space so that way you can be financially um, secure and you can do the things that you need to do. I got into the space in January, man, paid all my bills off. Mm. Uh, me, me and my family taking vacations there you go. and uh, and it's just I, I, I asked for something like this I prayed about it mm-hmm. and I meditated on it and it showed up in my doorstep there you go and and when you do something like that when you receive a signal like that it's a blessing but it's only a blessing if you can see if your mind can adapt to this is the reality. Because mm. I, I did mention, I said, you know, you ask for something energetically and it takes a minute for it to crystallize. Now, that minute can be a, an actual minute or it can take a minute longer than what you can expect. Like, mm, the obvious. Okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. The obvious. You plant an uh, orange seed in the ground Six months later, you're going to get an orange tree. Mm-hmm. Six months after that, you're going to get some oranges. So now it's just like, oh, okay. So that's a predictable or something that's obvious. Yeah. Cryptocurrency. Or, let's take that back. You pray for something. God. Universe, Allah, whatever deity that you pray, I need something. I want something. I I, I need it right now. Mm. And it comes into your life, but you never change your mindset Mm. to be able to identify it because you're scared. But you ask for it, but you're scared. Mm. And so the mind starts making you think, 
Oh man, that's too good to be true, man. I can't then now, man. Mm. Look at that. Like, no, that's not. And see, since your mind lacks the ability to adapt to something that you asked for. Right. See, the thing is, you asked for something with your heart. And your mind missed the meeting. It didn't mm. get the memo. So since the mind, since the heart is doing all the work, when you ask for something, yep. you know, like the mind is just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then when it comes, you ask for it to come to your, your, your space, your universe. The mind is just like, What's that? We're like, man, man, the, man, the heart asked for it. The heart asked for it. It's like, well, I asked for it. So what, hold on, hold on. What, what, what come with it? Mm. Oh, no. Look, look at that. You can't do that. You know why you can't do that? You remember what happened last time? Mm. Don't do that. I, if I was you, I wouldn't do that. Did you see the news today? You, you heard what they said on the news. They said, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. But you're living in fear. Mm. So when you start living in that fear and you 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 remember, see, this is ooh, this ooh, ooh. This is what it's about. This is what it talks about about being having faith. Yeah. Right? When you have faith, you 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 don't your 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 energy and your focus is not on fear. Because you have faith. But when your energy is focused on fear, that faith withers away and you are in constant fear. And so the difference between somebody that's a doer and that's not a doer is the person that's not a doer, he's in fear. The person that, that's a doer is in faith and they just like, I'm a ghost. Like, F it. I'm going. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's just like, well, how you do it? It's just because I believe. I believe. It. <laughs> like, 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 why are you not believing? <laughs> what, what is it? And it's their mind mm. that has not allowed for them to see that Wow, I just asked for this and it's here. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's what hold people back from that mindset. Because when you're asking for something, you're asking for, so, for something from your heart, not from your mind. So it mm. takes a minute for your mind. And so the reason why meditation is a beautiful practice is because your mind heightens that awareness heightens. And you're mm. like, Oh shit, it's here. I actually and it's here. Like, damn. Like, okay. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. All right, let's operate as if it's already here. That's real. I just that, that I just That's gave real. I just gave you the magic. Like, man, if you ever put if you put this up, if you don't put this up, like you got it for yourself. Like Yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean this is definitely going up, bro. So yeah, like, yeah. like that, that's magic cold, man. Like when I hear people's stories, I heard I forgot the brother name, um, who who has the, the prosthetic arm, he heard it in football. Inky um, Johnson. Inky, Inky Johnson. Johnson, yeah. You know, and he's talking about how he met Oprah Winfrey. Um, you know, he asked for that from his heart, right? Mm. And so he said he took the trip there, he was like, I'm about to go see Oprah, right? And so he prepared himself for that moment. You know, that mind, that mindset. His friend was just like, all right, dog, I, I feel you. I'm going to support you, you know, but you know, I don't know if you're going to see Oprah, mm. right? But then when he saw Oprah, his friend was across the street like, yo, what's up, man? I'm going to see Oprah. But he, that's not it. Mind, that's not it. His, his heart, he believed in his friend, but he didn't believe in his friend's mission. Mm. Is that a so real friend? Heart, Yes, that is that's still a real friend. Still a real friend. Okay, he just lacks the knowledge. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, right. I mean, because it's still a see your vision. That's true. Not and everyone so, will ever see it. Right, and so you can't just be, befriend him. You know, like hey, you see my vision. Like, man, forget him. You know, it was just more so. <laughs> it's true. More so, he could, he couldn't see it. His his level of awareness mm-hmm. when you practice when you practice meditation. You are elevating your level of awareness mm. so much so to where you're like, wow, I just saw the number three three times today. Like, that's a sign. That's something symbolical. You become aware of that. But if you just see the number three, you're like, oh, number three, number three, number three. You just, just kind of living. Yeah, it's living with, with you know being unconscious. 
But if, if something hit, like you look at the time and it says 11 11, you're like, oh, oh, okay, all right, all right, I see you, I see you 11 11, all those ones. You know, it's these, your level of awareness heightens. And when you start seeing subliminal things, like you start realizing, like, ah, wow, there's more to this. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to this. Wow. And the deeper that you go down the rabbit hole, in the words of Alice in the Wonderland, um, the more you start to see and the more yeah. that you, uh, you've been exposed to. So those are my parting words to, to no, everybody. Absolutely, so, man. Those are, <laughs> those are, are amazing man. parting words, bro. <laughs> you are incredible. Like, love yourself and don't stop loving yourself and and oh, and, and 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 stop talking about yourself and being so hard on yourself if you don't talk like that to people that you love. If you talk, if you talk to the people that you love in a loving manner, you need to talk to yourself in that same way. Love that. Uh, love that. Uh, and that's it. So peace. Awesome, um, and I'm going to stay, everybody. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters with your host, Brian St. Louis. Please remember, do what you are called to bring into this world. Someone's life depends on your willingness to obey your calling. You are special and you have something positive to bring to this world that no one else can. Every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, a new episode will be ready for you to listen and grow from. Be sure to subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Madcasters. Support the podcast through patreon.com backslash Madcasters. Because together, we can make the difference in order to change the world.